Welcome to the Coaching DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my coaching business in which I coach leaders. My guest this week is Brett Tanner. Brett is the head basketball coach at Abilene Christian University. During part one, Brett and I discussed the mentors that impacted him, his hiring process, being yourself, and much, much more. Brett is um, Brett's a total stud. He is tough. He's humble. He's authentic and uh, just a really, really good leader. So without further ado, my conversation with Brett Tanner. Brett, thanks for uh, taking time. Love to hear. Uh, walk us through your journey from high school to present day. Sure. Um, I went to uh, actually even before high school, I guess I, I was an Air Force kid. So, uh, you know, I, I lived overseas. I did a lot of stuff, which is exciting. You know, we get to take our team overseas this summer to where I learned how to play basketball. But I learned how to play basketball when I was overseas. That was more junior high, you know, um, than high school. But Came back, um, went to a small town called Rose Hill in Kansas, um, just outside of Wichita, and um, played for some great coaches there, man, that that made really are the reason why I wanted to get into coaching. Um, a guy named Monty Stewart uh, was a was an outstanding high school coach, and his two assistants, Clay Newton, and actually um, one of the best coaches I've ever been around was uh, Kathy Bigert Santo was a was a woman who uh, was on our, our high school staff and coached me and uh, just, I loved all three of those guys, those guys. Um, and and they, they did a great job with me and made me want to get into coaching. Um, and then uh, because of them, I was able to uh, get an opportunity. I was very fortunate growing up in Kansas with the junior college system there. You know, um, I think Kansas did it. They used to do it right. Um, at least anyway, where they, you know, had to, um, you know, recruit Kansas kids, you know, you're only allowed so many out of state kids and, and that, that allowed a lot of Kansas kids an opportunity to play college athletics. And so, um, I was fortunate enough to go to Allen County. I was recruited by all of them uh, as we all were growing up, but, but I, I, I chose Allen County community college, um, and played for a guy named Ken Darting, uh, who was, still is an outstanding coach. I think he still, he refuses to retire as a high school coach up in Kansas, but, uh, you know, he had he had worked for Jack Hartman. Some people might know who Jack Hartman was, a legendary coach at Kansas State. Um, and, and so uh, I don't know if I would have been able to do what I'm doing today if I wouldn't have been around uh, Coach Darting uh, and him and his staff, uh, Coach Lowe. So um, and then from Allen County, I was very fortunate to go to Emporia State University, which is a university I absolutely love. Uh, it's part of who I am. It, it's, it's created me. I chose Emporia State um, because of the coach there. Ron Slaymaker. Uh, I knew I was very different than, I guess, a lot of kids. I mean, not, yeah, sure, I wanted to play in the NBA and all that, but I was pretty real, realistic. Um, I wanted to coach from a very early age, and uh, I knew that Ron Slaymaker was somebody. He's, he's in the you know Kansas Hall of Fame. Um, he's, you know, he was known all over. You know, he'd worked with Coach Krzyzewski in the day, and so I knew he could help me get into coaching when I was done playing. And so I went there, played for him, and was very fortunate – some of his young assistants um, that worked for him. One was Mark Comstock, who ended up becoming the head coach there uh, when, when coach uh, retired. And, and then uh, Brian Holbright, who's a, a very uh, outstanding basketball coach in the junior college system right now at Kilgore College, was a, was a young assistant for him. And I was able to be around him. I was able to be around a guy by the name Bob Kickner, uh, who is an athletic director out in, on the West Coast now uh, and I, and I, at the high school level, but uh, very successful. Uh, so I was around a lot of really good people in college um, playing that that allowed me to to get into the business, you know, um, and 
from when my playing days ended, um, I thought I was going to be a GA for Coach Slaymaker, but then he he abruptly retired. He had had some health issues and things like that. So I was kind of out of out of sorts. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and uh, fortunately for me, late in the summer, um, two guys um, mentioned my name in the same within about five minutes of each other when a guy by the name of Phil Cook was looking for an assistant coach. Um, and he heard my name twice in, in, the, in the course of about five minutes. So he called me and asked me if I would want to come interview. Um, and so I did. I, I, just, I showed up and he offered me a job for two thousand five hundred dollars. Um, and I had to figure out where to live and what to do. And uh, so I took it. I mean, what else was I going to do? And uh, it was an opportunity to coach in college. And so I, I became the assistant coach at Fort Scott Community College um, in Fort Scott, Kansas. And I'm uh, so grateful to Phil Cook. He's somebody I still talk to to this day. Um, and uh, so we had a good year, uh, my first year. And, and then uh, he, uh, unfortunately, Phil was was let go. Um, he was out, not because he was a bad basketball coach, just there was a change in administration and different things like that. And so we've all been around, we've all been that there before. Um, so a guy by the name of Chris Beard came in, um, who some people know. Um, and uh, he, I was not going to stay there. Uh, I was going to move on. I was going to go be a GA at another university. And I was just kind of helping Chris get settled in uh, at Fort Scott. Um, and we were, sitting there about two o'clock in the morning one night. And he just said, Hey man, what are you doing? Why do you want to go be a J? Why don't you stay here, you know, and work with me? Um, and, uh, we've got, we built a relationship. And so I said, sure. So we kind of just decided, you know, at 2 AM that I was going to go ahead and stay, stay with him and work with him. And, um, that ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, everything, every job, everywhere I've ever been has somehow been connected with, with Chris. And, um, and so we had a, one of the best years that Fort Scott had ever had up to, up to that point in its history. And uh, Chris moved on to Seminole junior college in Oklahoma. And I was promoted to head coach. I was 24 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. And, um, but it was great. I mean, I got to make mistakes and nobody cared. Nobody was paying attention. Mm. Um, You know, I I failed to mention when I stayed with Chris, I got a a huge pay raise, man. I went from 25 um, and they actually gave me a dorm room. And so I had a place to lay my head to, and, um, but then, so I was the coach at uh, head coach at Fort Scott for four years and, um, loved that place. W- what a great opportunity. Um, and then Chris actually convinced me to, to leave Fort Scott and to go work at South Plains community college for a guy by the name of Steve green, who's in the junior college, uh, hall of fame. Um, one of the best coaches I've ever been around, uh, to this day. And I worked for him for two years. And again, it was, um, you know, it was a God thing, man, to put me into, to put him in my life at that time. I, I thought I had all the answers. I had no answers whatsoever. And he was able to show me that. Um, and he prepared me for my next move, which was to go to Stephen F. Austin, uh, and work for Danny Casper. Um, and when I was at Stephen F. Austin, man, I mean, golly, I, I worked for some unbelievable people with some unbelievable people. Uh, I worked with Cinco Boone and Doug Carlskin, who are on my staff now. Uh, with me. And uh, I worked with, with guys like Yurk Malagu, who's the associate head coach at Kansas State. Uh, Talvin Hester is the head coach at Louisiana Tech. Um, I, I worked with uh, Kellen Sampson, you know, who's the associate head coach at Houston for his father. I mean, these are guys that I worked with uh, when they were young assistants and and to put them in my life. It just it kind of created everything that I am today. Um, and then you know, Joe Golding was a very good friend of mine that I had gotten to know through Coach Beard, and uh, he he had been named the head coach here at Abilene Christian, um, and decided, you know, hey man, um, I want you to come work with me. I kept telling him, no, I'm not doing that. You know, you're transitioning Division One into our league. I can't leave here to do that. And uh, and then my boss took the job at Texas State, 
And so it was a perfect opportunity. It was time for me to do something, um, you know, different in my life. And, um, and I could actually take it now because, you know, my boss wasn't going to be in the league anymore. And so I decided to come over here and join Joe and, and work Abilene Christian through the transition um, which is one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. Uh, we, you know, me and Joe thought we knew what we were getting ourselves into. We had no idea how hard it was going to be. And, uh, you know, but it, again, it was a God thing for sure. Um, you know, for me to be able to come work for a guy like Joe, I was able to raise my kids, man, be in their lives, which in this profession is really hard to do. Uh, but Joe's a special person. Uh, I'll never have another boss like him. Um, uh, I just don't see how that's even possible, but he, um, he allowed me to be a dad, a father, husband uh while i was doing this and then um i think because because he did everything right we were able to have a ton of success um and then when he took the job at uh utep um within 24 hours i was promoted here to be the head coach and uh here we are love it okay so i i hear a consistent theme throughout that that story you've been around a lot of really good coaches yeah um I'm going to, I'm going to try to hit on these guys. So you might have to give me some quick, quick answers on them. Sure. Um, I'm going to start with Monty Stewart at Rose mm-hmm. Hill. What, yeah. What made him special? Man, he just, you know, he was the first guy that showed me caring about players, you know, like, like caring about your players, having a relationship, a real relationship with your players means something. Um, you know, I wanted to play for him. Uh, I wanted to play as hard as I could for him. And I was a teenager, so I was making all kinds of mistakes. I was screwing things up. I was getting in trouble. Uh, and he was still there. He never quit on me. He kept me going. Uh, he kept giving me chances, um, not because I was a good player, you know, because I think he really cared about me. Hmm. Um, and, again, not just him, Coach Newton, his assistant, and, and Coach Santo, uh, his other assistant, those guys were just unbelievable in, in building who I am today. And I still do things today as a coach that, that we did, you know, uh, when I was in high school. And, uh, and I think it's just that they made me want to be a coach, um, for that reason, just the, the relationship piece. Love that. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to skip up to, uh, Emporia state, Ron Slaymaker. Talk about him. What made him so good? Again, unbelievable man, um, cared about, I mean, he's, he's a guy that coached for, uh, I mean, I thought it was amazing that he could remember everybody that's ever been through his program, hmm. players, managers, anybody, and uh, of course, we all know everybody that's been a part of our journey, but like he doesn't forget a name, uh, it, anybody that, that was a part of his program. And um, and just he cared like he he helped me. Uh, he went out of his way to help me get into the profession. He allowed me to spend time in his office as a player. You know, I, coaches don't let players hang around and, and sit in on meetings and things like that. I was able to do that because he knew what I wanted to do with my with my life. And um, yeah, I'll forever be, be grateful for that. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Uh, Phil Cook at Fort Scott. Yeah, gave me my first job. I right. mean, for no, re- I mean, I had no experience. I mean, who, granted, he only had twenty five hundred dollars to offer, but, <laughs> um, but man, he gave me a chance, and and he took me under his wing, and uh, I mean, I made so many mistakes in recruiting and different things. I, I had no idea what I was doing, and he really, he really helped me get started and, and taught me how to do it. And uh, Chris Beard. Yeah, I mean, everything that I've uh, done from that point on has is, is had his fingerprints on it, man. And uh, all the relationships I have are, are through him and, and, uh, and, and the profession. He's always been there to help me uh, when tough times you know, have, have come, uh, personally and professionally. Uh, and hopefully I've been able to do the same for him. You know? And, and uh, he truly he has a group of friends. You know, we have a circle of friends just like everybody does in, in this profession. Um, but, man, he, he cares about each and every one of us. And um, like I said, he's helped all of us, man. And, uh, you know, just to, to have somebody like that, that's willing to, 
to put their own stuff aside and really help you professionally and personally is pretty special. And so uh, he's one of my best friends in the world and uh, and always will be for sure. So when obviously Chris Beard is, is you know, is going to be the most well-known of those of those guys. Um, so I want to dive a little bit deeper. He's had success everywhere. Um, what, what, like from a basketball standpoint, what is it? What, what's he do so well? You know, from a basketball standpoint, man, it's just, he, he understands it. Like he lives it. Um, this is, this is what he does, man. Like, uh, every, every, everything, I think constantly he is thinking about basketball 24 yeah. seven. Um, this is what he does. And, um, uh, and he's thinking about the people, you know, that, that are part of his, his tree, I guess you could say. And, and, uh, again, relationships, man, uh, I think, and that's a common theme for me is yep. just, I watched him build real relationships with his players at a very young age, you know, and, and to see that and knowing that that's what I drew me to coaching in the first place, um, to see him do that. And, uh, he's still, I mean, we still have relationships with those guys that played with us at Fort Scott. I mean, um, you know, we spent some time with some of them last spring, um, just to, just to do it. Um, and that was, that was it. That was Chris wanting to do that. You know, let's go, let's go see some of the guys and let's spend some time. These are, and these are the kids that helped us start our career. And I don't think a lot of coaches do that and care about their, I mean, we all care about our players, but there's a, there's something different there with Chris. Um, he really does care about his players. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, lastly, Joe Golding, your boss at ACU before he went to UTEP. Yeah. Joe, Joe changed my life, man. Um, he showed me that that you can do it a different way. I, I, you know, I think I'd always watched it and said, man, do you have to be in the office 24 hours a day? Do you have to like do nothing but basketball? Do you have to push your family aside if you really want to be successful at this? And I wasn't willing to do those things. So I thought, man, I'll never be a division one head coach. I'll never be successful because I can't, I'm not willing to sacrifice those things for, you know, for basketball. And Joe showed me, man, you don't have to do all that. Um, and he would slow, I mean, he would come in the office and be like, go home, get out of here. Um, uh, we're doing nothing. Why are you sitting here? Just, just go home, see your wife, see your kids, take a vacation this week, take a long weekend. Um, and to, and we had unbelievable success. Um, and, and then just, and he wasn't just like that with me. He was like that with everybody. Uh, and, and he's like that with the players, you know, he tells the players like, go home, go see your mom, go, go do these things. Like, we don't have to sit up here this weekend. You, you know, Go spend time with your loved ones, your family, and, and the people that you care about. And I think he 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 saved me. I think in in this profession because um, I was at a point where I thought, okay, I'm either gonna not do this anymore, or I'm gonna or I'm gonna have to step. You know, I'm gonna have to go down and, and do it at a different level. And he showed me, man, you can do it a different way. Uh, it, and again, I mentioned it before. It was it's a God thing, man. With with me, there's nobody's gonna ever convince me of anything different. To put we you know to put me with him at that point in my life. Uh, and I think I helped him too. I, I'd like to think so. I think we were put together for a reason. Uh, we, I think we helped each other and there's something that we did, you know, just that success we had that, that nobody's ever going to be able to take away from us, you know, um, that, that I think has built this special bond between the two of us. It's going to be pretty interesting when we have to compete against one another. Um, but, uh, you know, neither one of us want to do that of course ever, but we're going to have no choice. And, uh, but man, he's just a special guy, special person, not only to me, but to my kids, my wife, uh, because they know how important he was in, in my journey. That's cool. Dude, that's really refreshing to hear that, um, yeah, that you can win at a high level and not sacrifice everything else in, in your life. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Sure. Okay. Um, we I, I 
I pull all of your players over the last, let's just say five years. What are they going to, what, what are the two to three to four things they're going to say ab- about you, your strengths, what you bring to the table? Uh, I think accountability is going to be probably one of the first words that they throw out there. Um, I think our, our players know uh, whether when I was when it was when I was an assistant or after I became the head coach that I'm going to hold them accountable. Um, and but at the same time, uh, they they can hold me accountable as well. I think it, it's a two way street. And so I think that's the number one thing. And then I would hope that they would tell you that uh, we have a real relationship um, and that that. Um, it's not just a coach and a player that it's something that's real, um, that I care about, that they care about. We say, I love you, you know, um, which you don't hear a lot in division one male athletics. Um, but, but we say that to each other often, uh, I think that's really important. And so I would hope that, you know, it's, it's a little cliche, but the, I'm going to coach them extremely hard, but I'm going to love them even harder. And I think, um, I think, and I would hope that each player that you you talk to would say that about me. So if, if we broke, coaching down we we talk about recruiting um we talk about the the culture building the team building the environment that you're creating and then we talk x and o's the actual strategy of it uh what what of those three really fire you up where, where are you most naturally inclined to to put all your thoughts to and i get that recruiting's kind of like it's the lifeblood of the program you always have to be thinking about it but maybe yeah what juices you up the most of those three I think, uh, you know, for me, uh, it, it's, of course, recruiting is important, but it's it's the relationship piece. But I think that's part of recruiting, right? I think it all, yeah. you know, we're not chasing the most talented players. Um, we're chasing guys that fit our program um, and, and, and are have to be good players too. But I think, again, I get excited every day to come to work because I'm going to get to see my players. I'm going to get to to work on those relationships. I'm going to get to be around people um, you know, they keep me young. Number one, I, you know, I get to be around college age people every day, but, um, you know, it's just, it's fun for me. Uh, and, and the fun part is not the recruiting. It's not the, the X's and O's. That's the part of the job that comes to it, you know, with it, but like the relationship piece is what's fun to me. That is why I do what I do, um, is to have these relationships and to see their families now, you know, not just why they're here with us, but when they've, when they've got grown up and, and have families and their husbands and fathers, um, just that, that piece is what keeps me coming to work every single day. Love that. Okay. So you go, um, you, you go assistant coach under, uh, Phil cook, then Chris Beard, then you become a head coach mm-hmm. at age 24. Then you go back to a, assistant coach for, for a couple, several different stops. And then now you're the head coach again. How important was that, um, was that stretch at Fort Scott where you were the head coach? How important was that? to your, to your, when you become the ACU head coach, even though there's a gap between it. Yeah. Walk through the importance of being a head coach and then being back assistant and now a head coach. It was huge. Um, I think, I, I feel like I was a really good assistant coach. I, I would hope that, that uh, Steve Green and Danny Casper and Joe Golding, those guys that I worked for after I was a head coach would tell you um, that I was a extremely valuable assistant coach to them. And I, I think the reason why I feel like I was a good assistant coach was because I had been a head coach. I, I, I had a feel for what was going through their head, the, the challenges that they were facing each and every day, the things that they didn't need to deal with, I would just handle. Um, I didn't have to be told. And so I think I would have never been able to do that 
without being a head coach before. You know, I wasn't a very good head coach before. I didn't, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing, um, but I was able to make mistakes. I'm so thankful for the people at Fort Scott because um, they they allowed me to do that and to make those mistakes and to get that experience. And so, um, you know, I think that's what, when, when I became a head coach now, uh, you know, I, I understand the mistakes I made. Yeah. And so I wanted to hire people. Uh, when I, when I got an opportunity to hire a staff, I wanted to hire guys with head coaching experience because of that reason. Yeah. Um, and, and I know the mistakes that I've made, uh, that I made when I was you know young and, and, and a young junior college coach. And so I can lean on those, but I also want people around me that are going to help me, you know, remind me of the things that, you know, Hey, don't make these mistakes again, you know, and, yeah. and can take things off of my plate. I didn't have that partly because of the resources I had. Um, you know, I couldn't go hire a really experienced assistant coach back in back then, but, um, you know, I just, I tried to do way too much on my own, um, the first time around. And, and I think I've learned from that and I I've learned how to delegate. Um, and, but you got to hire good people around you in order to be able to delegate. And, um, so that was a huge part. I don't, I don't think I could have the success that I've been having without that time in my life. Yeah. So love that. Okay, let, since you talked about hiring and step, let's let's dive into that. Uh, this just here the last several months, you've hired two new staff members. Maybe just walk us through um, your 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 assistant coach leaves, go to goes to Tulsa. Walk us through the process, your mindset. What were you thinking? And obviously, you gave us some insight. Probably a, a, a head coach, someone who has been a head coach. Yeah, walk us through kind of your your mindset and process. Yeah, so so all year with some of the rule changes and stuff, I had been thinking of of, of adding to my staff, uh, not getting rid of anybody, but just adding to my staff because of some of the new things that are going to be in play in the NCAA. Uh, but one of my assistant coaches did take another job, um, and I had actually had two. Uh, I had two coaches. Um, one was in a recruiting role. The other was not. It was an administrative role that had left to take other opportunities. Um, and the one I, lo- I lost, um, was very close to me. It was somebody who played for me. I recruited. Um, and so the, the, the relationship there is, is, is really good. And, um, you know, I, I knew I'd have a hard time replacing that piece, but, uh, but it gave me an opportunity, you know, to take some things and get creative. Um, and I was actually, you know, I lost two and I was able to hire three. Um, and so, uh, I hired Doug Carlskin, uh, who's, who's a guy that, uh, that played for me and coach Beard at Fort Scott. Um, and then he was a volunteer assistant for me when I was the head coach of Fort Scott. We worked together at Stephen F. Austin. Um, and uh, then he went off to be a head coach, a very successful head coach at Arkansas Tech and the University of Central Missouri. And so there's that head coaching piece, right? I was searching for plus somebody that I trust and I know I, you know, is, is in my corner um, and, and loyalty would never be an issue. And so I was able to hire Doug and then I was able to hire Cinco Boone, who's a guy that I've worked for, with, worked with in the past. Uh, who has also been a very successful head coach at Angelo State University, uh, but also coached at the Division One level at Stephen F. Austin and, and UTA. Uh, and so both of those guys with head coaching experience, as well as Ted Crass, who is already on my staff, who had been a junior college head coach. And now I have three guys on my staff that with head coaching experience that understand what is going on in my mind every day, you know, uh, probably better than I do um, because they've just recently been sitting in chairs. And so uh, not only are the, the head coaching piece, but they've been very successful recruiters. Um, they, they've had a lot of success in recruiting. I've worked with them before. So um, they know everybody on my staff 
now currently I have worked with as an assistant coach with the exception of one. Um, that was the other person that I hired, which was Cameron Henderson from uh, the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Uh, so I, he's the only guy on my staff that I have not worked with previously, uh, but he worked for a guy that I worked for previously, uh, worked with previously in Solomon Bozeman, who is an unbelievable recruiter. Um, there's not many as good as, as him out there. Uh, and his work ethic, I know that Cameron coming from him uh, is going to have the drive and, and the, the work ethic that I need here uh, to recruit and to do some things. Yeah. So I'm going to be Captain Obvious here. It sounds like your first grid that you look through is who's in my crew of people, like who yeah. Are, 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 you know, I've either worked with them somehow I've got a relationship with them. It sounds like that's your first grid you're looking through. No question. Uh, I think that trust, you know, has to be there and, and, and why not, you know, start internally first because yep. you know, the trust is there. You're not always going to be able to do that. Uh, but if you can, if you can hire from within your circle of people, I think, I mean, why wouldn't you do that? You know, you're going to have guys that have your back. Um, you know, we all take care of one another, you know, one way or another. Um, and so, and, and the fact that I've worked with these guys before, like I said, everybody on my staff, every single assistant coach I have worked with when I was an assistant. So I've got to see how they work, how they, how they do things, you know, what, what are they truly made of? Uh, so I have no doubt what I am getting when I hire them. Um, now, you know, I've, I've had to hire somebody who's not in my circle before. Um, and you know, that's gonna, that's gonna happen. And then that's fine. Um, but then you, it's just, a, it's a, it's a longer process, you know, yeah. you have to waste, you know, not waste, but spend more time in the vetting process. I didn't have to spend much time vetting these guys. Cause I already knew who they were. Yeah, sure. So, um, you, as far as just like managing your staff, um, how do you, how do you, how do you think about that with, you've got, obviously you trust, uh, Doug and Cinco trust your whole staff, obviously. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, you're, you're their boss. And in some cases you were, you were quote unquote equal with them. You were a coworker with them in the, in the past. Yeah. How do, how do you navigate, um, empowering them, but yet still, you know, making sure your, your fingerprints are, you know, what they're, they're, um, they're, they're working out what you want them to work out because they have a lot of experience. They've been on their own as head coaches. How do you navigate that? Well, I think the first is, is is immediately right before the hiring process. I talked to each of them before I ever officially hired them or offered them a job uh, and told them, look, I'm not hiring an associate head coach. I'm not hiring a, a number one assistant, a number two assistant, a number three assistant. I just don't operate that way. Everybody on this staff is on an equal playing field. Um, everybody, with the exception of like a graduate assistant, things like that, are making the same salary. Um, and, and so we're all on the same I, the, the, I guess the, the phrase I used to, to each of them individually. And then once we had everybody in place, I told the whole staff this as well. I want, all I want is a group of grown men, you know, that are coming together for a common goal um, and trying to accomplish something great, man. And, and to do that, we've all got to be on the same page. We have to take our egos and set them aside. Um, and I think I, I have a staff of, of men that, that don't have egos that don't, of course we all do. This is what we do for a living, but like, I think everybody has that ability to take their ego and put it aside. Um, I think, you know, Ted Crass, who's on my staff, who was somebody who was with me last year is one of the, I mean, is one of the most selfless individuals I've ever met, uh, has zero ego. Um, and he was the, he was the key to this whole thing working, me bringing some guys that I've been around. Um, you know, if, if Ted didn't want to accept that, it would be really 
harm, you know, and, and I think that he has accepted that uh, with open arms and, and not just Ted, but John Trilly as well. They've accepted these new guys in. Um, they've really helped with that transition. But I think um, that's the whole key is that everybody, we're just on the same page. There is no associate head coach, chief of staff. It's, it's assistant coach, assistant coach, assistant coach, assistant coach. I don't have an operations guy. I don't have, uh, there is no titles here. It's just a, a bunch of guys coming together, man, trying to win some ball games. Love that. And man, to your point, there there has to be on all fronts humility for that to, to work out. Patrick Lencioni, he's an author, kind of a, uh, writes some some books, and uh, he talks about hungry, humble, and smart are the like three key pillars that he he's going to look for when when hiring. And obviously, it sounds like yeah, the only way that works if there's humility. Yeah, because the pride gets going. Yeah, that's it. That's um, yeah, pride's pride's what do they say pride comes before the fall. Um, mm-hmm. People and in staffs. Okay, love to. Um, Love to maybe dive in. You're an assistant coach for Joe Golding. Have you guys were having great success? You go to the NCAA tournament. You beat Texas. Like, yeah, you guys got it going. It's it's in a good spot. All of a sudden, he leaves. They promote you. How'd you navigate? What were some challenges? What were some roadblocks? What what were some good things with you being an assistant? Now all of a sudden, you're the you're the you're the guy. You're in charge. Walk us through that. Yeah, you know, I was. A very different situation. Obviously, the first time when I was at Fort Scott, I had been the assistant, got promoted, um, and I tried to do everything like Chris Beard did it, you know, because we had had so much success. I thought, this is how we have to do it. And so that was one of the mistakes that I made early in my career that I was not going to make this time. Uh, Joe Golding is an amazing coach, um, and and what we did was successful, how we ran our offense, what we did, you know, but I knew that I had to be me. I couldn't just do everything that Joe Golding did. Uh, and the other thing that really helped, I think, was that Joe Golding, uh, it's where kind of I've got my philosophy about my staff, I, I, you know, just wanting a bunch of uh, grown men together, you know, that that have no egos. But he gave me so much responsibility. Um, you know, he used to say it all the time. We were co-head coaches. And I'd say, stop saying that, man. You're the head coach, whatever. But he he meant that and he felt that. Yeah. Uh, he gave me so much uh, I mean, he gave me the defenses. You coach this. This is your baby. You do it. And in basketball, that what you're starting to see it a little bit more now. But when we started that, nobody was doing that. And mostly because I think every, you know head coaches have egos, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and he had he, he had zero, and and he gave it to me. And so I had a big voice in practice, a big voice. And so that naturally was okay. Like it's not like I went from being the guy that just kind of sat in the corner. You know, I, I those guys had heard my voice before. They knew yeah. who I was. Um, but you know, offensively we had to change some things and, um, you know, so I, I knew I had to change, you know, that was the first, or some of the things that we do, I didn't change, but, uh, I had to be me as the head coach. And so I've immediately met with the players, um, and told them like, listen, things, I know that we've had a lot of success. You guys are a big reason. I mean, they fought for me to get the job. Um, so they're why I'm there, but we're going to have to do some things different for us to have success. Um, and those, I had an unbelievable group of leaders, man. Um, the whole team was great, uh, but we had a group of seniors that year that were unbelievable and just did anything that I said, man, they did it. They had my back. Um, mm. And and so that that helped. I mean, we we started running a different offense. We flowed. I think it's one of the reasons we had so much success in my first year as a head coach was because of those players. Um, and then, you know, and again, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really get, I didn't hire a staff um, because we, our staff was in place. I just had to hire one guy. Um, and so 
you know, John Trilly uh, and Antonio Bostic, who were a part of our staff that that helped me carry that. They they had no ego. They, you know, they immediately were working for me and, and they didn't act like, well, we should be doing this. This is what we've been doing. They just followed my lead. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm always going to be appreciative of that. Um, and so that's kind of, I think, what, what helped the transition. I was in a different situation than a lot of assistants to get promoted to where Joe had given me such a voice. Um, but the, the one thing that I knew I had to do, I guess, was just be, was be me and not try to be him. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever catch yourself having to recalibrate, be yourself? Like, did you ever catch yourself kind of fading into that ditch of, uh, being Joe Golden or, or Golding or Chris Beard? Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and that's where you need good people around you, you know, yeah. that, that kind of help catch you, you know? Um, and, and I think, there, there was moments, not as many, um, I, I don't think, um, but I think there was times where um, I got caught trying to do some stuff, maybe outside of basketball, you know, X's and O's, you know, that, well, Joe, you know, Joe always did this. And this was something that was really, the players really bought into, and I need to do this, but that's not me. It's not who I am. Um, and so that's where I, I had a good, pe- good people around me that were like, Hey man, like, we don't have to do that with you, you know? Um, mm. And so I think that was really important, but I definitely found, fell down that, uh, that rabbit hole a few times. 